0: Welcome to December, and to another Dairy Dialogue podcast, this being number 61. This week it's been Food Ingredients Europe in Paris, and while I wasn't there, I've still been able to do a few interviews with people that were. I'm Jim Cornell, editor of Dairy Reporter, and this week we shall, of course, tantalise you with a few of the weird celebration days in December, and of course that doesn't include the traditional holidays you may associate with this month. I'm not quite sure how we got to December, but here we are, and some are saying it's the last month of the decade, although officially it probably isn't, as the 2010s started in 2011 and go through to 2020. Unless, of course, you start counting at zero and stop at nine. But most people go one to ten or one to a hundred or one to a thousand. They don't consider a hundred to be zero to ninety-nine. But we won't argue about that. We'll tell you who our guests are this week, then the strange December days, then some of the news headlines, and then on to this week's interviews. So on the show this week we have Nicola Colombo, Global Head of SGS DigiComply, about its Smart Knowledge Explorer. NZMP, Head of Sales for Medical Nutrition Europe, Camille Van Baek, about the new range of low-lactose ingredients for the European market. And with Dr. Emiliano Rialfede, Vice President of Nutrition at Bungie Lotus Croaklan, about the launch of Betapol Plus OPO for infant milk formula. And, of course, we have our weekly update on the global dairy markets with Liam Fenton from INTL FC Stone. So let's get things underway with just a few of the wild and wonderful celebration days in December that someone somewhere decided was a good idea. And while we may have already missed it, Wednesday the 4th was Wear Brown Shoes Day. To do that, I'd have to actually go and buy some. It's also National Sock Day. Not a pair, just one. National Sock Day. The fifth is International Ninja Day. Tomorrow, Saturday, is Cotton Candy Day. And the thirteenth is a big one. It's Ice Cream Day, Cocoa Day, and Violin Day, all at the same time. I'm not quite sure how to combine all of those three. The 21st is Crossword Puzzle Day, and for some odd reason, the 24th, the day before Christmas, is National Chocolate Day, as if people aren't going to eat enough chocolate on the 25th, and a little bit less on the 26th, and then whatever's left on the 27th. Speaking of the 27th, that is Cut Out Snowflakes Day. I know plenty of people living in northern climates that would love to cut snowflakes out of their lives for not just a day, but for several months. The 30th is Bicarbonate of Soda Day, and the 31st is Make Your Mind Up Day, which is probably a good place to wrap that up and move along to this week's news. This week we have nothing quite as odd as the cows wearing VR glasses that we had last week, but we did have a Finnish company making a whey protein substitute from Crickets. Yes, that's Crickets, the insects. Arla Foods Ingredients has developed a new ingredient for skier. Tina in Norway has created cardboard pots that it says are the future of packaging. And Novozymes has developed an enzymatic toolbox for oat beverages. Advanced Lipids has launched some new additions to its InFat infant formula ingredients range. Valio has set 2035 as its target to become carbon neutral. And there's an article on Avery Dennison talking about a future where every physical item will have a unique digital identity. In New Zealand, Westland is looking for opportunities at its new segregation plant, and that's only half of the news, so head on over to dairyreporter.com for more, after you finish listening to the podcast, that is. all right we better get on with this week's show and our first guest is nzmp head of sales for medical nutrition europe camille van Beek. nzmp is of course Fonterra's ingredients arm and the company was at food ingredients europe this week promoting lots of its products including introducing its new low lactose range for europe could you tell me what products you're promoting at fie this year
1: uh, well the at, at fontera we're promoting many many things so uh so from there, as they split the business in a couple of, of business units. So we've got a couple of cheeses there for instance to promote, but the key focus will be on the uh, nutritional units. So our uh, pediatrics group will be promoting, um, particularly the focus will be on, on lipids, so uh, MFGM. So a specific uh, dairy ingredient, which is uh, very high in a specialty lipids, which suits very well with the new trend for baby nutrition. Linked to cognition then there is in the our uh, sports and active lifestyle group will be promoting many many different concepts uh, related to weight management uh, sport nutrition beverages bars high protein bars very much to focus on the uh, on proteins and we also have the new news to promote some uh, probiotics uh, at the trade show this week very much into the nutritional area I think that's where uh, the direction is of Fonterra for, for the European market is really providing those nutritional solutions for our customers.
0: And you have some the low lactose. That is a, a big focus of this one.
1: Yes. So for our side, so I'm uh, very much focused on the medical uh, specific business unit who's focusing for solutions for medical nutrition or nutrition for the elderly population. And for this Target audience: We are promoting our latest ingredients development. So we have developed two specific proteins, who are very extremely low in uh, in lactose, um, and initially this has been triggered by the interest we have seen in uh, in Asia. And now, of course, the Asian population is much more sensitive to uh, lactose uh, than the European population is. Uh, but this, this success actually uh, triggered down all to Europe and the United States. Because at the end of the day, the low lactose market is in a very appealing market. KGAs was like 10% but we see uh, that market of low lactose or year on year out the last five years We see 10 to 12% growth of that market um, And a couple of really good reasons for that growth. Uh, they're very obvious um, I mean if I look at uh, the population for instance globally, we all know we are all aging <laughs> it, uh, it, it, It's yeah we all know that roughly it will be 2 billion seniors by 2050 in this world And senior population, when you get older, you actually have two things getting very important. Number one is that when you get older, that people still, uh, uh, the the most serious concern that elderly people have is their remain mobile and independent. And to do so, they actually need to have much more protein into the dietary intake. So it's very important that the elderly population keeps on taking the proteins, ideally combined with some exercise, of course. But the second thing, that is happening is when you get older, is that your capability to digest lactose is declining, and it has to do with the lactase. the The challenge is what we are facing is when you get older, that your body is making less of that enzyme, less of the lactase, so it's, it's more challenging to digest lactose when you get older. Um, or the same thing happens when you have a, a disease. So, uh, when you got them to a hospital or something, then you have a temporary issue with producing, a challenge of producing lactase. So what we do see is that the elderly population for the surge from to, be, to be, remain mobile and remain more independent are looking for more, to consume more protein, but the capability to digest lactose is, is going down. So we need to find proteins which are very low in lactose and can be formulated into products so you can, you can, they can consume protein fortified products without having the challenge of lactose. And that, that idea has challenged, has actually triggered us to develop those very specific functional proteins, which are, uh, well, our customers telling us it's a great tool for them to develop those high protein beverages or yogurts or other uh, formats, uh, without having, uh, high lactose contents into the products.
0: So these would be useful in senior homes, hospitals, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so we see two markets for this product. So the, one of the markets could be the hospital market, so the medical nutrition. Um, as I said, when you got, got into an operation, uh, your body is also making less often of lactase, so you have more challenges to digest lactose. And the body, if you get high lactose products into a patient, that could create more stress into the body. Uh, so to avoid that, we have made a low lactose whey protein, um, so the whey protein is really good for patients in hospital for their recovery. And now it's also very low electors, so it gives them a very gentle way to digest the nutrition. So that's very much for the whey protein. is much more targeting the, the, the medical channel, where we uh, have for the elderly population, we have uh, preventative nutrition. We have developed an MPC, uh, an and milk protein concentrate, for more food-fortified applications
0: we found that traditionally millennials will experiment and pay extra for products. Um, typically, elderly people, and I'm getting there myself, I guess, unfortunately, tend not to spend as much and also tend to not be as experimental in what they choose as products. How do you convince <laughs> people that this is something that they need?
1: Yeah, so that's a good call out. I think for the elderly population, what we do see is that we see elderly people when it's really concerned about their mobility and when it's it's about concerned about, let's say, staying mobile, they are willing to spend. And I mean... (laughs) I'll give you another example, which is nothing to do with nutrition, which has really triggered my thinking, is uh, I, I met someone who was selling uh, uh, walking sticks for people, that so people could walk with those sticks, and uh, people could get reimbursed those sticks in Holland for uh, you could have the black stick and it's re- fully reimbursed, but the elderly people wanted to buy the, the the walking stick, which was twice the price, which was very colorful with flowers in it and all that stuff, but they realized that they there was much more colorful for them, and they're willing to spend double the amount of money because they realize they need this product, and instead of going through all the pain, let's, they, let's make it very happy and helpful for them. And we see similar things happening in nutrition. The elderly people get today prescribed much more, get much more insights in the nutritional requirements they need today. They much more understand that they need those, uh, those protein and other goodness for them to stay mobile. But what they they, they, they actually uh, don't want to have is all those product formats they don't know really know about. So what they're very open to is to see their normal food, what they actually eat normal day, like the yogurt or fruit juice and all that stuff. And then we can fortify that with proteins. So by uh, having that uh, fortified cookie or fortified even up to ice creams, <laughs> then they, they it, it's not so painful for them that they actually need to take the same it doesn't feel like a medicine for them. So we do see elderly people willing to spend this. There are also some figures for that. We see specifically in Asia, a lot of people are willing to spend much more money, about 20 to 25 percent, if it has to related to if related to their mobility. In Asia, there's another additional uh, component to it: is that the elderly people still live with the normal family. Maybe it could also be uh, so they live elderly people live with a normal family, and they do not want to be a burden on that family. So they don't want to get sick or to be too much pressure on the rest of the family. Uh, so we see there are a lot of products being launched which are focusing with more protein or more calcium and more vitamins, et cetera, uh, in a powder format where people can simply scoop those protein powders into their meals, into a soup, into curries and these kind of stuff and this way fortify their diet with protein intake. This is also something that I expect will also come happen in Europe more and more. I expect a lot of those uh, powders to come here on the shelf, uh, also in supermarkets supermarket or in health shops, uh, where people are looking for easy way to fortify their normal diet. I don't think elderly are waiting to, are uh, looking for eating different formats and different things. They are indeed not open to try all kinds of new stuff like the millennials do. Millennials want to eat all kinds of diets, all kinds of, name a country and they will try the food, right? But the elderly people are used to their normal diet and they are willing to fortify their normal diet and not change their diet.
0: And of course, you're always working on new products, new ingredients, and also new applications for those ingredients.
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the, the, to develop a new ingredient takes much more time for us. So you think about well, that's typically a two-year development uh, time. So not, so not an easy thing, but once we've got those ingredients that we have today, we actually uh, then kick off a big application work where we try those ingredients out in many different formats and many different formulations. So at the show we will only show one beverage which is contains six percent of the low uh, protein concentrate, six percent of a protein, um, which is very targeted for that healthy aging population. And that's one of the things that we have checked it out as ingredient. We looked at stability, at solubility, about sedimentation in the beverages. So we did a full technical check. Um, so those formulations are, are such, also available for, for our customers. And we're expanding that range of new formulations very rapidly once you've got the ingredients. Same thing is happening with the whey protein concentrate. So it's a whey-focused play, very much after medical. So we're developing a multiple formulations which for medical nutrition using that specific whey protein ingredients. And it's a range going all the way from uh, 6 to 10% whey protein. And then that's
0: for medical medication. Also at FIE, Bungie Loders Croclan debuted its new and improved Betapol Plus OPO ingredient for infant formula. And we spoke with Dr. Emiliano Rialvere, Vice President of Nutrition at the company, who told us more about the new product, but first a little about the company.
2: Bungie Loaders Croclan is the branded B2B oils business arm of Bungie Limited. It was created, and in fact, I was part of the creation of this business when, um, when we decided, Bungie decided to acquire a controlling stake in Lotus Crofton. We closed that acquisition in 2018 and used that as a catalyzer to create a new global B2B business that integrated existing Bungie oil businesses with the newly acquired assets of Lotus Crofton. In terms of where we are, we have approximately 60 refining and packing facilities and nine innovation centers in 23 countries, uh, if I recall correctly. Bangui Lotus-Croakland as an integrated business was created in 2018 after we concluded the acquisition of Lotus-Croakland, but Bangi has been in business since 1818, was funded in Amsterdam in 1818, so 201 years to be precise. In Loder's Crockland have been in business almost for as long. I think it started in the 1890s as Lauder and Son in the UK and Krokenland in the Netherlands.
0: So the launch at FIE, could you give me a little background on that?
2: Yeah, definitely. At Bungi Lauder's Crockland we manufacture and process vegetable, plant-based oils and fats for all food and nutrition applications across pretty much... A, almost every area of the industry going from food service, snacks, confectionery, baking and also nutrition. The launch that we're doing at FIE or Betapol Plus is a latest ingredient for the infant nutrition industry. This ingredient Betapol Plus is the continuation of our Betapol line of products. Betapol or OPO for oleic, palmitic oleic is an ingredient, a triglyceride, naturally present in mother's milk. And Lawrence Cochran, back in 1986, developed and invented the process to create this triglyceride or this lipid ingredient that is present in mother's milk created based on vegetable oil sources to improve the way infant formula manufacturers create their product to make the infant formula closer to mother's milk or closer to nature as we want to say. So our, our launch is basically the, the extension of this Betapol product into a new improved ingredient and, and the difference between Betapol Plus and Betapol or, or all other OPO ingredients in the market today is that Betapol Plus provides infant formula manufacturers a much higher level of SN2 palmitate or triglycerides with the OPO composition or Olaid, palmitic oleic composition, a much higher level of this triglyceride in the infant oil blend than any other offering in the market. And it's a level that closely approaches what you find naturally occurring in mother's milk. So mother mother's milk have about approximately 60 to 75 percent of OPO. In the infant formula blends that we produce with our Betapol Plus new ingredient, reach 60%. So I expect it will be
0: a very well received and popular launch.
2: We certainly hope so. Yes, and uh, and we already have a series of customers that are developing formulas with this particular product. And as you know, you know formulas for for the infant industry take time to put in the market because. It needs to be regulatory processes and approvals and, and some clinical trials run with it. But we certainly hope the ingredient will become uh, wildly popular in the high-end or ultra-premium formula market. Yes.
0: So when will we start seeing products with your ingredient in them, actually, on the market? At 2020. Well, so not too long then? It won't, won't take that long? No, no, no,
2: because we have already started co-development and submitting samples to, to our main customers uh, earlier, earlier in this year.
0: Are there any specific geographical markets that you're looking to for this uh, product?
2: Yes or no. As you probably know, the largest infant formula market is China. And we have a large business in China. Therefore, uh, China is very important for us as a market. Now, this is an ingredient that tries to mimic the fat composition or the, the oils and fat composition of mother's milk and therefore every market is, is a relevant market for this uh, ingredient. Now it just happens that China being such a large market and the European market being the most sophisticated in terms of ingredients and developments for infant nutrition, though, those end up being the most important market for us. But uh, in the long run we expect this ingredient to be available uh, everywhere
0: sure and in terms of the unpack promotion how would they be able to list the positive attributes of this product
2: like with betapol betapol plus has proven clinical benefits and in our customers what they do is they cite the clinical benefits that are backed by published literature that this ingredient will bring to the consumer for example it is known and published by, not by us, by by scientists in the field that the level or the concentration of OPO in the formula, the higher you go, the higher the benefits, some of the benefits that breast milk brings to the nutrition of a child uh, you obtain with higher levels of OPO in the formula And, and some of the benefits are basically you get improved energy and nutrient absorption. You get increased calcium absorption and therefore bone mineralization for for the baby. And you had reduced constipation and therefore better sleep. And those are, since the ingredient has been uh, basically launched, betapol has been launched back in uh, 96, there is a lot of evidence supporting these clinical benefits And on top of that, there is the evidence of the dose response that the higher you go in concentration or the closer you go to mother's milk, the better all these benefits become.
0: And what was the rationale behind launching at FIE?
2: Europe has always been at the forefront, not only for infant and clinical nutrition, but for food in general. Europe has been at the forefront of ingredient development. A lot of the technologies that we use have been developed in Europe. And a lot of the ingredients that you'd see today, very popular in the market, that have shown clinical or functional benefits, have been developed in Europe and launched first in Europe. So FIE is the prime forum to launch these type of ingredients. Although it is a European trade fair, what you see at FIE are customers from all over the world coming to find out about new ingredients and to engage with ingredient suppliers like us. So for us, it's a FIA is an ideal forum, we get our customers from Europe, we get our customers from China, we get customers from all other regions of the world interested in this type of products.
0: And now we go to Lugano in Switzerland, where SGS Comply has launched its Smart Knowledge Explorer, which helps companies, including those in the dairy industry, with, among other things, faster regulatory intelligence access. To tell us more about the company and what Smart Knowledge Explorer can do for dairy companies is global head of SGS DigiComply, Nicola Colombo.
3: I'm part of a group called SGS, which is a global leading um, inspection, testing and certification company. It's headquartered in Geneva. Within SGS, there's a 95,000 people. We have uh, 2,000 offices and laboratories around the world. But my role, I'm part of uh, the what is called the compliance lab. In fact, the, the company it's called C Labs. Basically, we develop. Uh, we are an innovation team developing technologies to simplify and support uh, the regulatory compliance uh, in the food and beverage industry and uh, and and monitoring all the food safety events to help companies prevent prevent those, uh, those risks. Uh, so part of my team, uh, where, that we are uh, in total about 40 people. I have a data scientists uh, uh, that develop these um, AI programmers and subject matter experts uh, with a specific expertise on uh, food science, you know, microbiologists, and those kind of uh, background and, and we work together to create this platform that is called DigiComply that is in the market since uh, last year and we have just launched a new version where compared to the previous one we have now reached uh, within our uh, research, we have now achieved uh, an advancement in let's say in the science of language understanding so that we can make it possible to, to understand and to find facts uh, among those uh, millions of uh, documents related to regulatory and, and food safety to understand those queries and help extract this knowledge uh, in, in a more um, effective uh, manner than it could be just with a, uh, with a keyword-based uh, sentence. So, to give you an example, uh, let's say you want to sell your dairy-based product uh, in um, Let's say I'm a, I am ai do I'm a New Zealand uh, dairy protein-based producer, and I want to export to Indonesia. You know, how can I understand? What should I? What can I use in the product? What are the ingredients allowed? What are the local regulations to label it? How can I import it? What type of certificates I need to provide? That's basically something that in our platform you can simply search. You know, using even. Uh, natural language uh, sentences to say what are the requirements to declare ingredients in uh, Indonesia and then the system is able to understand with this uh, neural network AI-based technology similarly to what you basically are getting used to doing in Google to really find the facts in English language because our database is completely in English so any standard, any regulation, any guidance document, or any scientific uh, evidence uh, its actually uh, translated into English. So you have our users have access to an immense knowledge that becomes then uh, then usable uh, because of this language understanding capabilities that we have in our database. So compared to other solutions you have, uh, that gives uh, that, let's say this reduce the barrier of, uh, of knowledge to enter a market, to understand what you have to obey to, to enter a market.
0: So dairy companies would come to you then for this platform in order to be able to more quickly find the information and also to simplify the information?
3: Exactly, plus it is accessible and also directly from the platform, they can have uh, also beside the self-service capabilities uh, within the SGS network, we have experts. So whenever there is also a specific need, um, let's say the... The standard prescribed that you provide a certain certification and you do certain tests you know according to that uh, method in to enter to import your product in that um, in that country so by knowing that uh, that requirement then uh, uh, we you can also easily get access to our complementary services and uh, that can help you Enter that market. Um, so it's it's a number of resources to make a surveillance of the global regulatory landscape. So we also aggregate and collect uh, from the from the news and from the intel we have all around the world. Also incidents. So if there is a risk on uh, on a certain ingredient because there is a certain contamination or there is a food safety alert raising around. Uh, so those are also those are also signals that um, that our platform can provide to the dairy company. So you can uh, track uh, certain ingredients, certain I don't know dairy proteins, uh, to see if any any fraud, uh, any incident is happening uh, happening around the world, and and manage every dairy producer can manage the risk of their supply chain by having that uh, uh, that information, which is also for certain certification schema like GFSI and VRC, there is also a specific uh, provision to establish uh, a system to monitor adulteration and fraud risk. With our system, this is uh, a task that can be performative. uh, You can save your, we call it data feed, say I want to monitor those ingredients um, for uh, risk of adulteration or fraud, and whenever we spot a uh, an incident or a case, uh, we generate those alerts. So it's a very good source of intel for um, uh, for food safety.
0: So if a dairy company were to sign up to this platform, does it need training or is it very easy to use?
3: Uh, it's it's easy to use. So there's a, it's a self-service. They can self-register. There's also a basic version that uh, they can just sign up. And we have actually also, and this is free forever. I mean, the, the basic version uh, doesn't have Full. Um, I mean, it has certain limitations, but it's actually accessible uh, by anyone, and then they can upgrade at different levels to a subscription. We, you know, it can we have clients that uh, that just go and and uh, learn by themselves? It's easy to use, but we also have clients that maybe also obtain it in combination. We call it in a bundle with some. Uh, our uh, maybe with some kind of retainer service. There are some small business dairies now. Maybe they have only one uh, one quality uh, food safety regulatory person that does so many things. So what they they ask is a bit of outsourcing to to us now with a certain uh, with a part of retainer service. We can also perform uh, a bit more of this surveillance, uh, prepare. Uh, technical requirements when they need to export their products in a place, we can also offer like uh, you know when they have to prepare the product labeling data, so we can also be uh, not just uh, providing the tool and the technology but also uh, whenever needed, we also have the collateral services with our expertise to help uh, especially the small business companies to that has, you know very very limited their uh, staff uh, to perform this. The larger companies, they have staff, and, and they, they basically see our platform as, a, as the tool that streamline their processes. The small businesses, uh, they see the platform in the same way, but they also value uh, the additional support they can get from our experts. It's like a, a digital notebook, so you can pinpoint... Uh, from the text, what is relevant to your product, you can uh, can highlight, extract this knowledge, and and put together what we call a compliance dossier. So you can uh, you can summarize the relevant facts, the relevant uh, requirements or provisions from the regulation into your own compliance dossier, or let's call it specification that uh, it's a kind of dynamic content because uh, once you put together what is relevant for you for your specific product then uh, the system autom- automatically monitor all the references that you have in that specification and if we detect any change you you get an alert and you can keep up to date you know it's never changing the landscape as i said at the beginning if you are a small business let's say if i am a swiss chocolate manufacturer that I'm selling only in the canton where I produce the chocolate, it's quite easy. You know? I just need to know what I have to do and you know I can manage the, the overall safety of my product because my supply chain is very simple. But as soon as I want to sell the same chocolate bar, well, then I'm going to say, okay, how much milk is that in that chocolate? If I sell it to Turkey, there is a certain amount of milk, minimum if you want to call it the Milk chocolate, which is different than the, the 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 amount of milk you need to have to so sell it in Europe, so as soon as you start extending your market, the complexity it is uh, totally different and in terms of uh, safety and standards and certification every every country has a different uh, set of rules so for a small producer then uh, in many cases this is seen as a barrier because the cost to entry, it's, uh, it's high, and, uh, and, and this is not always easy to, uh, to overcome.
0: And now it's over to Dublin for our weekly look at the global dairy markets with Liam Fenton from INTL FC Stone.
4: Butter continued to take a hit this week, um, and the post Christmas prices for cream started to trade at a significant discount, really, to the pre Christmas prices the downward momentum was further enhanced with negative gdt for fat uh was between butter and anf was amf it was down about 5% on uh, on the gdt for fat bearish opinions were also coming from the fie trade fair in paris and this also didn't help i guess quarter 1 butter was lower by about 85 euros to the 3555 level Quarter two down about hundred and fifty Euros really to thirty five ninety level. Uh quarter three that was off uh, about hundred and forty Euros to thirty six thirty five level. Quarter four then down a little less about sixty Euros to thirty seven sixty sixty five level. Skimmel powder was slightly lower, uh but given its recent rally in prices is, is probably understandable. The tone for Skimmel Powder was, was very bullish from the FIE trade fair, um, as was the GDT result for Skim. Uh, quarter one um, on the EX down about 20 euros to the 2630 level, quarter two off maybe 15 euros, around the 26.45 50 level. Uh, quarter three down around 1520 euros to 2660. And quarter four down slightly, maybe around 26.80. Still at 8085 level. Hui uh, was also steady around the 770 level.
0: Thanks, Liam. We'll talk to you again next week. INTL FC Stone provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tool and MA advisory services to the global dairy industry. And that's it. We do have plenty of interviews lined up for the show, although at the moment I'm not quite sure what the publishing schedule is like for the rest of December. I know we'll have podcasts next Friday, as well as on the 20th, but I'm not sure if we're publishing in the week between Christmas and New Year. But when I find out, I'll let you know. We'll probably have a top ten red stories of 2019 at some point as well. I wonder what will be at number one. I remember I really used to enjoy reading out the UK music charts when I was on the radio a long time ago. That was fun, but I'm assuming that Tears for Fears isn't one of our most read stories of 2019, mainly because I didn't write about them. But then having said that, I would have if they'd launched a range of yoghurt. Maybe I should have said the English pop band Bree C., I'll stop there before I go totally crazy on dairy-related music puns. And I can probably think of way too many. I was invited to two more site visits this week. I have no idea when. Probably at exactly the same time as another event. But regardless, I think 2020 needs to have a few extra weeks in it. It is a leap year, so that's a start, I guess. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Hopefully enjoy the weekend, although a wet one forecast here, unfortunately. So until next week, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great week ahead.